teal. You see that teal? You see that black? You, see that black. you hear the roar? You hear that roar? Here come them jags. Come them jags. Let's go Jaguars. Let's go Jaguars. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Jags Across the Pond official podcast. I'm Jamie, and today I'm joined with Brit Jag again. Welcome, Brit Brit Jag, leaving me on my own last week. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Good to be back. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a busy week for me, so uh, I did miss the podcast. I actually missed speaking to you, believe it or not. Um, Rumor yeah, has it we just didn't want to do it because we lost so badly. You're going to have to tell the listeners that that weren't the reason now. No, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, it didn't help, to be honest. I, I didn't feel like doing the podcast after that, but that, that wasn't the reason. I thought um, you were just in bed for a whole week, like, yeah, drowning your sorrows, mate, against 49ers. I was. It was, like, I was <laughs> it was like that picture of Wolverine, and I had a picture of Trevor Lawrence, and I'm like, yeah. why are they all being so mean to you? <laughs> but yeah, no, no, I had other stuff going on. I just, yeah. So um, but I'm back now, and buzzing after a... a an amazing, well, as good as we could have hoped for, bounce back performance. Well, that's exactly what we did. Um, and it seems to be exactly what we keep on doing now. Whenever we kind of get blown out or have a bad loss, we come back with a good, emphatic win. And what a great win we had um, against Tennessee Titans this week. 34-14. Um, I even think the 14 points for them is very generous um, especially how well we controlled this game, but we'll go into we're going to discuss that in a moment. So Jaguars are now seven and three um, in the division. Three um, three great wins um, for the Jaguars now in the division. Um, so looking really positive, looking really good um, for us. And we go into another division matchup against the Texans this week coming up also. Um, but let's dive into this Jaguars win um, furthermore. Um, let's firstly start with the top-line stats. Um, Britt Jag, start with the offence, lead us away. Um, give us the top-line stats from our offence this week. So we've got Trevor Lawrence, who uh, 32 attempted passes, 24 completed, 262 yards, average 8.2 a play, two touchdowns, um, was sacked once for one yard, uh, QB rating of 90.8, and obviously he scored two rushing touchdowns himself, um, with uh, rushing yards of five carries for 17 attempts. Um, other rushing, uh, ETN led the way, as, as you'd expect, 14 carries, 52 yards, averaging 3.7 with a long of 11. Um, behind him then was Tag Bisbee on nine attempts, 21 yards, averaging 2.3. Uh, with a long of six. Um, passing wise, Calvin Ridley really stole the show this week. Um, sorry, receiving. Uh, seven receptions for 103 yards, averaging 14.7 um, with two touchdowns, uh, a long of 34, and seven receptions off nine targets. Um, an honourable mention to Christian Kirk, who had three receptions um, on six targets, but achieved 48 yards with an average of 16 yards a reception and a long of 20, so uh, also a very uh, reliable passing option. Yeah, absolutely. And then moving on to that defence, um, leading the way on the defence, Devin Lloyd, 11 total tackles, um, getting himself up there quite a lot now. Um, Devin Lloyd is certainly cementing his position and is coming on leaps and bounds week by week now and I know is a bit of a favourite now for myself and I keep mentioning him every week on the podcast. Um, 11 tackles this week. Um, secondly, um, Montaric Brown, um, six total tackles. Um, then Aluakon, 
um, with six total tackles as well. He has half a sack to his name. The other sacks go to Andre Sisko with half a sack, Trayvon Walker with half a sack, and Josh Allen with half a sack also. Um, and five QB hits overall for our defence um, this week also. Um, finally, just to mention the special teams, um, Ross Matisic, um got himself a tackle and a fumble recovery, um, which was great and uh, really good to see that from our long snapper, um, which is obviously great indeed. And I did also forget to mention on the defence, obviously, Luacon um, with his own fumble recovery as well um, this week. So let's break down um, the offence firstly then, Brit Jag. So um, Trevor Lawrence bounced back from... I mean, we can argue it was a terrible performance last week and many, I think, even included himself um, saying that's probably the worst performance he's ever had. Um, and yes, she said about people um, kind of moaning and kind of doubting him um, last week as a bit of a joke. Um, and everyone really was. And I'll be honest, I was critical, obviously, on the podcast as well last week um, with Trevor Lawrence's performance. I've seen kind of not kind of standing up and kind of shining out there when we kind of need it the most, when things are tough, when our defence kind of got the backs against the wall. Um, however, he came back this week um, with a force, as you mentioned, 262 passing yards from 24 completions, two passing touchdowns, and then two of his own rushing touchdowns as well. Um, talk us through the offence this week. What what were standout performances for you? So, yeah, I think... you. I mean, you have to mention Trevor because it was a it was a great performance, um, and it was just what is needed. It was a bounce back performance, and obviously you mentioned before that we we were making a bit of a habit of this. Um, but I had I think it was on uh, Jags AM they were saying about the Jags after a ten point or more loss under Doug Peterson. We have won, we are four and out the following game, like so. We, he, he's really good at getting us to bounce back, apparently. So, um, obviously, that's a positive. Obviously, we don't want to be experiencing too many 10-point uh, or more losses, but um, that's about so. But on onto the offense, um, I have to start with the um, AFC Offensive Player of the Week, um, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, yeah, it, it was just what we needed. It was a bounce back that we needed. He, I don't know if he actually really cares about the public perception um but it's nice as a jags fan to for him to kind of not silence the the doubters because they'll, they'll still be there but to kind of show what he is capable of uh, don't get me wrong i know the titans aren't a good team but you can only beat what's in front of you and he and he really shone out and uh performed and a big part of that is a is the offensive line obviously we've been saying for most of this season that the offensive line's been struggling and it hasn't really been given him very much time and it 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 worked really well this week and and look what happened so i think that's we we've got to give the o line a shout out because they have been struggling and and it looks like things might finally be starting to click for them um other mention on offense i think has to go to uh Calvin Ridley um, obviously, nice, nice looking stats, but um, I think it's it's the real. I don't know. We, we've seen other glimpses, but I feel like this is the real game where the first real game where he's been the player that I thought we were getting. 
he's all right. I know he's had good games and and kind of contributed here and there. But even like the Colts on the first game of the year, he's kind of come in and out of the game or had phases where he's been really good and then he's gone quiet. Whereas this game, it felt like he was a constant threat. And even when he wasn't getting the ball, he was drawing a lot of attention and that was freeing up the likes of uh, Christian Kirk and obviously Zay Jones back out there and uh, Deionis Johnson uh, had a few uh, passes. So, yeah, th- this is the Calvin Ridley that, that I was kind of thought we were getting. So hopefully this is him really starting to find his um, find his way back into to how we, how he used to play because obviously he throughout the whole of the off season he said there was no rust and anything like that and to be honest it's a bit foolish to think that there wouldn't be any impact on missing nearly two years of football like that's going to have an impact it's going to take a little while to get back back to it and let's hope that he's finally starting to click and and that's the player we're getting. So my my question is just on um, the Ridley situation. So what why was this week so different for them? Are, are Titans just that bad? Or was Ridley an outstanding performer this week? Did, was his route running better? Or did any other players kind of, I don't know, like any other players contribute to his great performance? You tell me, what, what are your thoughts on why did he do so well this week? I think it was, I think it was a bit of everything. Um, I think the O-line giving Trevor a bit more time to progress through his reads um, probably helped. Obviously, no way of me saying 100% that that was the case, but I think that helped. Um, really did seem after his first reception, he really kind of it was. He, I don't know if you remember, it was almost like a sliding catch. He really like kind of bounced back up. He seemed to really have a fire in him this week, and I don't know. I don't know if I've seen much of that so far. Um, but to be honest, for me, the main I think the main thing that's helped him is having Zay Jones back. Um, I don't know if you've seen the stat. I can't remember specifically, but in the three games that. I can't remember the yards, but three games that Zay Jones has played with Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley has four touchdowns. Yeah. In the other seven, or is it six other six games that he played without Calvin, uh, without Zay Jones, he scored no touchdowns. Like I yeah. think Zay plays a massive part in that, and I think the yards are pretty much the same. And obviously, it's three games compared to six, so they've been over hundred yard games all three of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's I think Zay plays a huge part and. Even as even even if it is just as as little as the, he's an extra name, if you like, on the team sheet that they the def- defense are prepared for. Because as much as Agnew helps and contributes when he when he when he slots in, he's he isn't as a Jones. Um, and I think defensives, uh, sorry, defenses have to be prepared because you can't just ignore Zay Jones, and this then allows. Ridley that extra step here or there, or just an extra yard of space, and obviously we've seen what he can do. So I think I think that's it. As, as strange as it sounds, bringing Zay Jones, getting Zay Jones back, is a huge plus, and I can't wait to see where this offense, if it is finally starting to click, where it's going to go over the next uh, few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Um... I think kind of what I kind of saw from this game, obviously, we we, we always we, we know week by week Trevor Lawrence kind of finds himself one one kind of key core receiver and he kind of uses them and goes to them the most in a game. And as we mentioned, I think we said nine nine receptions obviously Ridley received this week and obviously completed seven of them. 
Um, and obviously in weeks gone by, that would be Christian Kirk. Um, earlier on the season, obviously we used obviously Zay Jones. Um, we've, we've gone a, a game where we've used predominantly Evan Ingram. Um, and I think this week was just the week for, um, for Calvin Ridley. And it was certainly a week that he needed it as well, because even myself, I can argue and say the same on the podcast last week was then asking the questions again about Calvin Ridley. Um, is it someone we'd want to keep next season based on the performances we're getting right now? Um, obviously, if we have more of these performances, then obviously it's without a doubt. Um, but obviously, there's as we get further on into the season now, there's going to be more and more questions as to um, whether or not um, we kind of pursue the kind of the Calvin Ridley um, kind of deal um, or if we were to kind of look elsewhere. Um, one one thing that does did stand out for me, obviously sticking with the Calvin Ridley thing, um, was I, I, I'm, sh- I'm almost certain that the commentator said that Calvin Ridley is the second most, I don't know how to word it, um, the player with the, spe- the second most amount of penalties drawn on him this season. Is that correct? Was that the correct stat? I didn't actually that hear that, but that, that, yeah, that would make sense because he does seem to get a lot. Um, and sometimes I, I, I do wonder if they're playing for it. Um, obviously, I, I, he was actually asked about this. I don't know if it was post-game or if it was during this week in the locker room. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want that to happen. I want to catch the ball. I want to, I want to get the yards. I want to score touchdowns. So, like, because um, obviously Zay drew one as well, um, quite a big one, but... Just even putting the ball in those areas, if it's going to cause the defender to to start kind of grabbing at the receiver, it's it's valuable because if you, if you get because obviously they're going to get a feel because they're going to be going up against the same DBs throughout the game. If if they're going to be a handsy DB, then yeah, let them let them do it, let them grab at them, and if you can get the penalty, then get the penalty. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, what I will say, obviously, I know you're going to talk more about um, the offence now. Um, what I will say is actually the first half didn't start as as kind of as kind of plain sailing for the offence as as kind of the result kind of tells us. Obviously, we really came to really came to light in that second half because obviously our first drive um, it led to a punt. We kind of didn't really get the ball going too much. Obviously, the second drive, obviously, we did have our our touchdown on that second drive, um, and that, there was a PI on that drive that helped us um, a little bit along the way there. And then on, we then only had two more drives in that first half, and they they both resulted in um, field goals. Um, and one of those field goals again was kind of assisted and aided with us with um, with a penalty kind of going in our favour with the PI. So um, what what do you think happened in that second half that just allowed it to? kind of just click more because what we went into the half um seven ten thirteen nil up we went into the half um so what kind of changed in that second half because we got the ball first on the second half um and obviously then we we scored two touchdowns in quick successions um what 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 was the change in that kind of from the first half to the second half what did we do differently do you know so not so much different from the first to the second i I don't i'm not really sure um it it felt like confidence (laughs) It just felt like things were starting to work, and the more they worked, the more adventurous the offense got with trying stuff, and it just seemed to be paying off. Um, I don't know if I don't know if you heard it, but um, Doug Peterson in the the post game press conference mentioned that the they'd started opening the 
playbook up again a bit more because the playbook had been restricted from previous weeks because of Trevor's knee injury, mm. um, which makes me think it might have been a bit worse than we than we initially thought. Obviously, they're never gonna they're not gonna say, um, but I'm still not buying that because he had a great rushing game the, that week of his knee injury, obviously against the Saints. So I'm not yeah, buying no, 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 but, that injury. No, but he, Doug was saying that there were things that they'd limited in the playbook, like that they'd like they'd restricted the options available to him. So if you've got a limited playbook, there's limited options available to you. So, but I don't know, and that that could have played a part this week because obviously we saw we saw him rolling a lot more. I feel like than we've seen in previous weeks, um, well successfully anyway. And obviously he got the two rushing touchdowns, which we've not seen or not seen this year as my predictions would have been a lot better if he, yeah. if he had, if he had done it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I do, I do feel like a part of it is confidence because it, it did just seem to start clicking and I don't feel like anything changed. Um, obviously the O-line play better. Trevor was being more successful. Um, receivers, were were having pretty good days, like I said. Obviously, Kirk and and Ridley were both both playing well. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what changed, but it whatever it, whatever it, it is, was, let's it, hope it, it carries on. Said, but you 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 hit the nail on the head there. It's the O line. Um, so let's go into talking about that O line. I see they that it was the same the same front, the same O line as what we've had um, in the previous week. Um, against the 49ers. Again, the same question I'll probably ask again now. Are the Tennessee Titans D-line just really that poor, um, which allowed us kind of more time to kind of experiment a bit more and allow us to kind of scheme and play our game better? Um, because before the game, we had the likes of Arden Key obviously coming out and saying that he's going to come out with a bit more fire and he kind of is, is gunning for, for Lawrence and co. Uh, but it was fairly quiet in that game. Yeah, no, he was. Um, he did at one point. He, it looked like there was a bit of a, a flare-up with him, and I can't remember who it was now. I want to say Cam Robinson, but I can't remember for definite. Um, I mean, they've got they've got good players. Um, they have got some good players on their their D line. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, um, uh, Springs Fine, Arden Key, as we know, um, is also a a good player. But yeah, it, it, I don't know if it's just finding Jenny. Now we've got Walker Little in there. He's he's starting to find his feet a little bit at that left guard position. Um, obviously, Cam's been playing well. Um, obviously, there was one one play, I think it was Anton Harrison, that absolutely blew up and got ETN absolutely nailed on a on a running play. Um, but as like I said, there was a, I think there was a sack. There was only one sack on Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think he only got two QB hits, so I mean, you can't ask for more than that. And, and obviously on the other plays that he did feel pressure, he got out of the pocket well and for the most part was successful. Either scrambling scoring or there was the one where he scrambled out and the DB ended up coming to him in dropping over just to, I think it was Deionis Johnson, just behind him and he ended up having a huge play because he was in loads of space. So... That was fourth down, wasn't 
Uh, it might it might well have been. It was either yeah, it was either a third or a fourth. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think um, it was fourth downplay. But yeah, it was, it was great. And so yeah, all all around it it does it, it all feels like it's trending in the right direction. And it's well, I mean, look, just look at the differences made. Like say, we we know the titles are good, but they, that was more like the offense we've been expecting to see all year. I feel like that's that's what we've been waiting for. Yeah. Yeah, obviously we, we used um, Cleveland a little bit on that O-line as well. Um, he had 27% of the overall um, snaps. Um, and then we also, near the back end of the game, obviously we brought in obviously another guard, obviously we brought in Hans. Obviously we've had Tyler Shatley as well, um, having a, a, a few reps also at guard. Um, how do you think that kind of mix-up and that change upon that O-line kind of affected performances as well? You obviously mentioned Walker Little, 73% of the snaps um, Cam Robinson, 89%, Scherf, 89%, and then Fortner and Harrison obviously played every single snap. So, how do you think they um, that kind of change up has kind of affected them? Do you think it's a, just a positive? Or do you think we need yeah, to bring so, Cleveland in a bit more? So, obviously, I, I think Cleveland, the only actual real, well, I say real, in kind of air quotes, I think it was the third drive he came in uh, for, a few, um, for a few snaps. The rest of his snaps, I believe, were in garbage time when the backups were on. Um, so he was putting obviously CJ when he came on with CJ, um, but yeah, I mean it, it can't hurt to kind of have him kind of let in, and also it, I suppose it gives Walker a little time out to kind of watch as well. Um, I, a lot of players say like it, from watching, it's very beneficial from being able to watch from the sideline and seeing. So. I don't know. I don't know how much it really did help him. Obviously, it's a new position for Walker Little. He'd never. I don't believe he played left guard um, until this season, um, and obviously he's only played there very limited with with his injury and and whatnot. But it, if nothing else, we, we got a chance to for Cleveland to get some reps. So if if he is needed, he's ready to go because I think he missed time before we before we got him from the Vikings. He had missed time with an injury, so. Just to get in that little bit, just a little bit of game ready, a little bit of uh, game action, game sharp ready, yeah, uh, ready to go if needed. Okay, uh, so then final kind of pointers with the offense, and let's move on to the um, the run game. Um, the stats you mentioned really didn't kind of show kind of how the game should have planned out. Really, um, Travis Etienne only fourteen carries this week, which I think is his um, lowest amount of carries all season. Only 52 yards um, in total. Obviously, Tank Bigsby had a few more carries this week. Dearness Johnson got himself some carries. So, if you add Bigsby and Johnson in there, they had, um, adding them both up together, they had just over 50% of the snap share. Um, with obviously ETN having 14 carries. Ridley also having a run as well. But it didn't really take off this week. Um, it, is that because of the O-line? Or, or what do you think... Is the issue there with the with the run game? Because that's now two weeks in a row. Should we be concerned? Um, ETN for me in fantasy football for sure under ten points two weeks on the row in a row now, which isn't good for me. Yeah, I, yeah. It, I mean, it is easy to blame the O line, like like we say we've been saying it for weeks with the past game, but it doesn't feel like they are opening up many lanes for him. Um, it's not. It's not very often I watch a play and I mean like, yeah, ETN should have like should have cut up there or. Should have just gone through that gap. There's not an obvious kind of route for him to go. Mm. Um, I, I think they did a good job with our run game. Um, they did, they were quite stifling 
of of it. Um, obviously, we heard Arden Key talking in the run up to the game that they wanted to to limit Trevor Lawrence, basically make Trevor Lawrence play QB, um, and obviously part of that is take away the run game. And I think they were successful on that. Um, I I'm not 100, percent but I feel like ETM might have left the game temporarily at one point. Um, he was a bit banged up. Um, obviously, it wasn't that bad because he came back into the game um, and isn't on the injury report today. So, nothing serious. But, so obviously I, I imagine that's probably why Bigsby and Johnson got a few more carries than than normal. But, yeah, it just wasn't it wasn't a day for the run by the looks of it. And it didn't seem like it was clicking. Obviously, a lot of those runs as well, we, we had, obviously, towards the end of the game as well when we were just... Yeah. Yeah. Seeing out the clock, so obviously that would have kind of padded the stats a bit as well. But um, yeah, it just didn't seem like it was the day for it. And thankfully, uh, the passing game was was working well. And and obviously the two rushing touchdowns coming from the QB. So yeah, so let's move on to that. Um, so Trevor Lawrence obviously two rushing touchdowns this week. Um, which, again, you've been predicting all season long. I think you stopped predicting it two weeks ago. Um, and now, obviously, he's got himself now two scores. Um, for me, that's kind of one of my personal kind of... Well, I, my bugbears, really, what I just didn't like coming out of this game this week was... Uh, I know I've spoke to you um, about this before on Sunday during the game. Um, my question is, is why? Um, so, it was the first touchdown in the second half... Um, he obviously Trevor Lawrence rolled out on first and goal. Um, so on the six yard line, he rolled out to the left, um, and obviously he slipped, um, and obviously lost three yard um, three yards because he slipped. Um, but then on second and goal, um, which was then from obviously the nine yards, he then decides just to scramble and go for it himself. There was no, uh, from what I remember, there was no. He wasn't passing that ball. It, that was kind of the plan and play that he designed. Um, why do you think he's done that? Do you think, I know you mentioned that he doesn't, he probably doesn't listen to the media and things like that, but surely it affects him slightly for him to make that decision to go and run, run at that point. Because if you've got first and goal on the six yard line or second and goal on the nine yard line, the first thing you're not thinking, you're thinking is, is certainly not going for a scramble yourself. Surely you should have, you have confidence in your own kind of running backs or kind of your own kind of passing game. Um, but why why do you think he made that decision to kind of go for them runs himself? Um, I think I think part of it is the competitor in him. I think he wants to make stuff happen, and if he, I don't know. I, obviously, we've got no way of knowing what goes on in his conversations with Doug and and kind of what the plan is. But I don't know. A part of me thinks he he likes that that part of it. He likes to take the responsibility and. And kind of take these things on himself. Um, when he feels like maybe the team is not struggling a little bit, but he feels like there might be, obviously, the previous two trips at this point to the the red zone have resulted in field goals, which don't get me wrong is is it's still not ideal, but it's better than what we were getting in the, the 49ers game. Um, so that's, I don't that's know if he just him, though, as well. Surely that's, that's it is, but not, also not just, it's not just him throwing, but the play calling as well. I'm sorry, not like just calling him out, do you know what I mean? But Yeah, but also obviously when you've got that short yardage, if for whatever reason the, the offence is, is, I don't know, 
I, I wouldn't say stalling because that seems unfair based on the performance, but still struggling with separation, let's say. Obviously, when you've got such a short field, that's going to be even more amplified than than normal. You've got even less room to work in. So if if he feels that, from what he's seeing, he's obviously seen at this point, he's been looking at the Titans' defence um, for over two quarters now. He's kind of... He's going to be seeing what he thinks is going to happen. If he thinks that it's going to be limited uh, options-wise, then maybe he is just trying to take it on himself and just thinks, like, this is the best way. I can I can outrun him. I can... I don't know. And, and like I say, obviously, we got no way of knowing what goes on there in those conversations, but it is... I don't know if you... Were watching, when you're watching the, the coverage, one of them said, like, the... For a team with such a mobile QB, it's really strange for them to be struggling in the red zone as much because teams with a mobile QB are normally very successful in the red zone because you've got the QB running option. And obviously, we, we've we not really seen that this year. Um, we've not even really seen him try and get in that much um, no, compared to last year. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I so, know we just love a rushing touchdown against the Titans because I remember that. Crybaby from last season. I can't remember yeah. that kind of stiff arm. <laughs> so I know he does love. Um, I think he does love the rivalry, the Titans rivalry. So um, I get that kind of fight and get that kind of dog in him. It just it just frustrates me. And obviously, you know, I'm a lover of tight ends. So tight ends should be getting this ball in those bloody ten yard lines. <laughs> we see it in practice um, every single week. They practice it every week. Why is Ingram not in that right part of the end zone or the left part of the end zone receiving that ball? Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I know, I know, it's because I, I know that's the one you've been predicting. Or, or yeah, like very much like my my Lawrence rushing touchdown, like you've been going with Engram, and uh, obviously when we get to our predictions, we'll see. Yeah, I'm not doing we'll that. <laughs> yeah, I think obviously I said on the podcast last week that um, before this game, I think Jaguars were officially the worst um, team in kind um, the worst team in red zone. And completion into into scores basically into touchdowns, um, and obviously this week obviously three out of five, which um, is considerably better um, than where we've been in kind of previous weeks. So so we'll take that um, this week. Um, overall performances great um, for for the Jags offense this week. Um, I can't I actually can't see any negatives. I don't I don't even think the offense had. A penalty against them this week, whereas the previous week we we couldn't even bloody snap the ball off in time. Um, full starts the lot. I, I I can't remember, but I'm I'm almost certain we didn't have a penalty on the offense this week. I think there might have been one holding maybe, and the only other one I could think of is the special teams one where Tank jumped offside for the punt and then gave yeah. them the ball back to try a fourth and one and then got it. And then they went and scored, which obviously your boy Wingard wasn't very happy about. Absolutely not, no. So um, on the day, Jaguars had four, um, four penalties in total for 29 yards. Obviously, Tank Bigsby one was one on the special teams. Um, Chase on had one for roughing the passer. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't roughing the passer. No. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I, I still think that if anything, it was probably. They probably threw the flag, and it was more on Roy Robinson Harris. I think it was over the top, then over the top, on top of the pair of them. But yeah. they called Chase on's number, so yeah, 
Also, I meant to—I meant to ask you—I'd never seen it before, and I still don't know if I completely understand the call. But the one where the guy kicked the ball off uh, on the on the punt. So he left the field of play, which so because the end zone is te- technically out of bounds. He right. Left okay. The field of play and came back in and touched the ball. So right. basically, his okay. hand. His hand went out of bounds. Yeah, because he, he touched the line, yeah. Yeah, and obviously then he jumped back up. Like, he jumped his hands back up and kicked the ball. But yeah. because his hand went out of bounds, okay. he was he was declared he was declared as a dead man. He shouldn't have done... He shouldn't have touched the ball at that point, basically. Okay. So it wasn't... Because first of all, I, cause I, I, it never really occurred to me, but I was like, I, I wasn't sure if you were allowed to kick the ball or not. Like, I didn't know. Like so I thought it was a bloody phenomenal play at the time, like, until I saw... And until obviously that penalty came through, I thought what a genius bloody play it was. So yeah, um, yeah, it was it was it was it was impressive, and I'm it's, very. Uh, it's, glad. it's just something I've not seen before. That's all. No, it's not something you see very often, is it? Really, um, I'm very glad that it didn't kind of pay off because we always struggle on our kind of one yard line, don't we? So, um, and especially as the run game wasn't really kind of taking off either. Um, I'm just trying to find this fourth penalty. Um, I found three penalties um, on the Jaguars. I'm trying to find this fourth one, um, which I think I am right in saying the offense didn't have any penalties against them this week. I can't find this fourth one anyway, but I found three of them. So one was on uh, Trayvon Walker um, for neutral zone infraction. That was very early on in the game. Yeah. Um, obviously, the other two we've mentioned, the Bigsby special teams one um, and also the rough in the parcel one. Um, and I cannot find the fourth one through my notes for the life of me. Um, so, I mean, great if so. Like, considering how bad they were the previous week on offense, um, on like conceding penalties, like, great that kind of we just controlled that game, obviously completely. Um, so, let's move on to um, that defense then. Um, so, defense again controlled the game very well indeed, in my opinion. Um, in that first half, completely shutting them out. Um, absolutely gutted that um, the second half, we we didn't... Um, we stopped that we, we allowed them to score, basically. But I think it was the first touchdown, wasn't it, for them, which was... That was the dodgy play call first, wasn't it? That was the rough in the passer. Um, yeah, I think it was that way. And... Yeah. Yeah, third and five, um, Levis passing complete, chase on roughing the pass, a 15-yard penalty, automatic first down, and then that then resulted in a straight pass to, to Hopkins, um, you know, snap to Henry, weren't it? And then it was just a trick trick play, weren't it, which was which I didn't like seeing, like considering your team's like down so badly. Um, yeah. Team's losing like 27 nil. Was that the same play. drive that was the with the pig the Bigsby penalty as well? Was that a different one? Um, no, different. It might one. not have been. I felt like, yeah, 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 different penalty. But yeah, obviously that was the touchdown. Um, I think that the Bigsby penalty that didn't um, that didn't change. I know it did. It started them a new set of downs, didn't it? Oh no, it got them to from a fourth and six to a fourth and one. And then I think they went, they went for it. They yeah. went for it on the full one and got it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, other than that, obviously, we, we mentioned, obviously, Luricon, um with his um, pick, uh, not pick, sorry, with his um, with his fumble recovery, um, which was which was good to see. Obviously, that was early on in the game. Um, I just think the, the Jags D-line as a whole, um, with some great pressures this week, um, still not massively getting in on those stats. Um, still, obviously, two sacks. Obviously, we'll take two sacks any day of the week, but um, we could have been a few more sacks there. Again, great to see. Obviously, Trayvon Walker, I think, again, is excelling and growing week on week from my sort of perspective. Um, one QB hit, and obviously he's got that sack. He's, he's growing, um, and I think he's kind of growing into that role. And I think as we start going into that back end of the season and fingers crossed into that playoff stretch, I think he could be he could be very strong for us and go well for the future with the Jags. Devin Lloyd, obviously, playing playing well as well over the last few weeks. And also, obviously, just want to mention, obviously, Brown as well. I think he's kind of really stepped up. I don't know about your thoughts on this, um, but obviously Campbell being out, obviously that's um, some big shoes to fill recently. Um, but I think Brown has kind of really kind of stepped up and kind of held his own on quite a new number of plays this, um, these last few weeks. I don't know what your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think there was only one play that I really thought like he was at fault for. And for a, obviously a young player that hasn't had that many many snaps, that's pretty big praise when a lot of the time he's going up against DeAndre Hopkins, who, yeah. let's face it, a lot of, top 10 receiver in the league probably like he's well even if he's not stat wise like for me he would be one of the top receivers in the league so that's not an easy matchup and uh, there's a lot of players that would have struggled with that but like I say I can only think of one play and I think even at the time like there was only one play that I I really noticed and was like ah come on like you could have done better with that but no and and obviously don't get wrong when Campbell comes back Campbell's going to be our number one and and rightly so, he's he's a special player. But to have him as a backup, I'm I'm more than happy to like know that if if someone if I, he was to go down or Williams was to go down, to have Brown step into those shoes, I I think he's more than capable of doing the job to a to a good standard. Yeah, and there was just that one play where he kind of lost control, didn't he? And there was that one deep pass, I think, that um, went to one of their receivers um, in the game. I think that was just one play from Brown. Um, but overall, like, like you say, obviously really, really good. And when you actually look at um, the Titans' stats, um, Titans only had 36 offensive snaps this week, um, compared to obviously Jags had 68 in total. Um, and then always the talk of every single game for us, every single season, is um, Derek Henry. Um, we all know my love-hate uh, for Derek Henry um, and... What a great job our defence did against Henry this week. Henry, 10 carries, only 38 yards. I never actually thought I was going to live to see the day that Derek Henry would have under 100 yards against us. Uh, yeah, he, was, so, he was going to be like 50 and still putting 100 plus yards on us exactly, every game. Exactly. I thought that guy was going to haunt us in Jacksonville for kind of the rest of our lives for not picking him up um, back in the year whenever he was drafted. Um, so to see... Um, Derek Henry to literally finish on literally just 38 yards. Um, even ETN, who we've just mentioned, had a fairly poor game. Even ETN finished on more yards than him this week. Um, this is so, the lowest yards he's had since his rookie year against us. Uh, oh, just against the worst us, game. Yeah, so, wow. wow. So 
that that's obviously a great stat in itself. And obviously that's um, kind of hats off to again Lloyd Aluakon and just that whole interior really not not allowing him to kind of get away and kind of do anything really. Um, I think other than that, there's there's not a great deal to to, to really talk about on this defense. I think we we contained very well. Um, we controlled the game very well. Um, I think the only thing I was just frustrated we didn't get was an interception. Um, I think there was definitely a two two left on the field that we could have taken at least one from. Um, but I think an overall great performance from me. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add about that defense overall this last week. No, I, I think you pretty much summed it up. Like it's almost frustrating that they got. 14 points because it feels like it's it's flattering them yeah um their offense didn't warrant 14 points um and that's not from through their their attempts it was the pass rush was exceptional i i'm still not really sure how we only got two sacks because i felt like we were constantly in the backfield but obviously causing uh levis problems obviously throughout the game because they really struggled to move the ball um and obviously limiting a player like derrick henry don't get wrong i he isn't the player he once was. Like looking at him run, like he's not the force he was. But I'll still take it. Like, yeah, I, I love I love stopping that guy. So yeah, I'm glad he was kind of kept quiet this week. And hopefully we'll do that at the end of the season as well when we go back and play against them. Um, so obviously final mentions we have mentioned him already. Um, but special teams. Um, again, Mr. Consistent, we had our standard um, Logan Cook performances. Didn't need to use him as much this, this week. Um, but then, obviously, Ross Matisic um, with that great tackle and that fumble recovery. Um, I can't remember what... Do you remember what the stat was that I kind of shared to you a couple of days ago was about Matisic? What was... Do you remember what that was? Um, yes. I I, well, it... <laughs> I think he's got, isn't he got, he's got eight, tack- eight tackles. I think he leads the NFL. Um, Here we go. Michael DeRocco. Jaguars long snapper is tied for the NFL lead amongst long snappers with four special teams tackles in 2023. Since he entered the NFL in 2020, he's fourth among long snappers with 12 tackles and has the most solo tackles with eight is also the only long snapper to force a recover and a fumble. What a guy. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. a guy. Get that, get that mask. That's the uh, jersey ordered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, to conclude on this game, um, obviously our predictions from this last week, and I unfortunately had a bit of a nightmare. And had a poor... I mean, I've been looking forward to this bit. I know. I've had a poor, poor week. <laughs> um, and... Do you know what? I, I Before the game had started, I had the game mapped out in my head and they were set in stone, definitely going to happen. ETN over 88 all-purpose yards. How on earth did ETN not get that? Um, with a game where we we controlled we controlled the whole game, you would predict that the run game would just been pounded through ETN, but we did that well. We didn't even use ETN as much, and obviously we allowed Bigsby and Johnson to kind of get into the mix of the game. Um, and I also predicted, obviously, Will Levis over 214 passing yards. 
Jaguars' defence have been suckers for um, allowing a lot of garbage time, yardage, and I kind of thought that was going to come into play. And Will Levis has actually been averaging over that on all of his games he played before as well. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I had no points, nil points this week. Um, move on to Robson. Robson predicted Henry and ETN to go under their rushing yards. He must have been seen into the future because he got both of his predictions correct. And obviously yourself, Britt Jag, you predicted Titans under 106 rushing yards overall, which obviously it fell massively under that. And Jaguars to score over 21 points, which again, um, that happened as well, um, which puts us points tally. So fortunately, I'm still at the top. But that margin has got a lot less than what it used to be. So I've got nine predictions out of 20 so far. Um, Robson sits there with 7.5 points out of 20. And then yourself are sitting there with seven out of 20. We've all to play for this week. If I have another tragic week and you two get both of your predictions correct, then we're all neck and neck. And I, then I'm going to stop playing the game then because I'm not winning anymore. <laughs> so... Um, and yeah, need to pull it out this week. So let's move on to our our fantasy football kind of score predictions. I mean, not our league, because again, I had another tragic week. Thank you, Ingram, and thank you, ETN. Um, my season's well and truly over now. Um, so let's just have a look at the predictions. So I'm going to give you a score, and I want you to tell me who you think got this point, these points this week. Um, let's start with 31.1 points. Who do you think got 31.1 points for the Jags this week? I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. No. Calvin Very Ridley. close. And I knew it would, yeah, I knew it would trip you up. I knew it was a choice of them too. Calvin yeah. Ridley with 31.1 points this week. Trevor Lawrence, do you think he got less or more than 31.1? Um, That's quite a lot. If it's quite a lot, it, surely it can't be worse. He scored two touchdowns, he passed for two. And he got two hundred and sixty odd passing yards. So it's got to be it's got to be more, surely. Only just more, yeah. Thirty two point one eight, um, which is his best um, score this season on fantasy football. Um, and it takes him back up the rankings a bit on his um, quarterback kind of overall ratings for score. Um, where do you think he kind of sits now? Twelfth. Um, no. Not as good as that. Slap bang in the middle of the park now. 16th um, overall of quarterbacks this season. So 16th. Um, still some room for improvement there. I think he needs to get himself up there. Because if you think if he didn't have that monster game he had this week, um, then he's probably sat in, his, in the 20s, probably. Um, but let's move on to... Um, I'll give you another score. Let's give you this one. Um, 8.90. Who do you think scored 8.90 points this week? Um, I want to go with either Etienne or Zay Jones, or maybe even Ingram. One of the ones that wasn't involved. I'm going to go with Etienne. Etienne? Yeah, correct. They're all very, very close. So um, you could just guess as much as you want here on these because it was all close. So Etienne with 8.9 points. You then got Christian Kirk with 7.8 and Evan Ingram with 6.9. So all very, very close. And then Dearness Johnson, 6.4 points, which kind of has him up there. Um, the only thing I will say, ETM, where do you think he is now ranked amongst running backs? 
considering he's had two average gains below 10 points. Where do you think that's knocked him yeah, down? Yeah, I bet that's, that's brought him down a bit. So, I can't actually remember where he was when he was like right, kind of riding high, but I feel like he was easily top 10. Um, I'll get maybe 12 for him. Wow. You rating that low? I no, I, I just think he's just like, season, mate. Yeah, I know. I just I meant like the last game for like stat wise, it was pretty poor, and I say the forty nine ers obviously game was was pretty poor. So I didn't know if I like dragged down his average. Let's let's go with ninth. You really you really don't respect this guy enough. <laughs> you really don't respect him. You only care about Trevor Lawrence, don't you? <laughs> Six hundred and seventy yards he's got this year, and seven touchdowns just rushing. He is ranked third still overall. Third? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, I... he's, he plays a massive part in our kind of our passing game as well, remember. So, yeah. he, obviously, we play in a PPR league, so points per reception. Obviously, he's had 32 receptions this season, 282 yards. And obviously, he got himself a touchdown in there as well. So, um, that's why he's ranked so high. But, yeah, third overall is on running back. So, it's definitely still a key attribute to have in anybody's team. Except yours, apparently, because he wow. was regardless. <laughs> yeah. Although, saying that this week, I've got you, and the projections aren't looking good. Like, m- m- my teams, I mean, I've I've been foolish, because you've been after Mark Andrews for weeks and weeks. And <laughs> I kept saying no and no, and like now I've lost him. I've already lost uh, Justin Jefferson. He's been on IR for weeks. Um, and I think I've got, I think I've even got someone else out on IR. And Cooper Cup is potentially out now as well. So, like, my... my my team's absolutely like devastated with injuries, so well, I should have uh, should have I'll taken our score all over Facebook then if, when I hammer you this week. <laughs> I mean, actually, I'm not going to say when because I've had a poor season. I had a very, very poor season in this league, so I'm not going to say anything more on that. Um, <laughs> let's finally wrap up with the fantasy football scores then. Um, so let's just say, um, where do you think Jags' defense is comparing this season? Where do you think they're at? Well. Takeaways, obviously, it's got it's got to be a fair point there. But points wise, we do well. well so yards wise, we give up quite a lot. So I'd probably say somewhere middle of the pack, um, but slightly up, maybe fourteenth, twelfth overall. Twelfth overall. Okay, so I want to. Yeah, far. yeah. So that's it. That does conclude our week on the Titans. What a convincing and great win that was. And to get it against such a horrible, crappy team um, and watching them sit in the bottom of our division, it's it's something that I love to see. Um, I think a lot of their fans are bitter right now, um, especially as they're seeing how well um, the Texans are flying this season also. And the Colts are just gliding their way through. Um, they're not massively behind us. They're just gliding their way through this season. Um, but our attention does go to the Texans this week. And this game is so important for us. Again, say it every single week. But the reason this game is ridiculously important for us is because of the standings. Obviously, the Texans already have the one game um, win over us. We need to go out and beat them um, this week um, to kind of get rid of that kind of tiebreaker. Because if we both finish on the same amount of wins at the end of the season... Obviously, Texans will finish above us, especially if they win this game, because they'll do us on the division tiebreak, won't they? So um, we we certainly need to go out and get an emphatic win um, this week. But it's not as easy as it seems because we, we've already done this earlier on in the season. I don't know if you remember Brit Jag, um, but 
Who do you think leads the way um, in the history between the two teams? I'd say it's the Texans with this one because we've got some, we've had some rotten runs against them. It's easily the Texans, yeah. So Texans have won won against us twenty nine times and we've beat them fourteen times. So an absolutely appalling state of affairs. Um, I see the Jaguars beat them in Houston um, back in January. That was when we went on our huge rampage of wins on our playoff stint. Um, but prior, if you take that game out of the equation. Um, with like prior to that game, we'd lost nine games in a row against them. We then won that one game, and obviously then we lost the game this week. So the last thing we need is to get uh, be swept away by the Texans and lose to them twice. Um, so let's have a quick look at the kind of bookie predictions this week on this. Um, so the Jags are currently going into this game as one point five point favourites. The overall under on this game is forty eight point five points. So they're predicting a very very a high-scoring game this week. Um, we'll go on to what the bookies predict um, stats-wise in a moment with individual players, but we'll start with yourself, Brick Jag. Um, what have we got to do this week against this Texan team? Who's the threats? Where's the threat in the Texans team? Well, the threat is obviously um, CJ Stroud. Um, as much as it pains us to admit, like he's he's playing very well, especially for a rookie QB. Um, been a very solid. Uh, player for the Texans so far. Um, other players to, to consider, um, Devin Singletary is their leading uh, rusher. Um, and the other player I, I really like for them, he's, although he's not actually, I'm, I'm surprised to see he's not actually leading their uh, receiving yards. Um, but I really like Tank Dell, um, their other uh, rookie wide receiver. Um, I think we, I think we drafted the wrong tank. <laughs> um, <laughs> But when what what round did they draft him in? Um, let me actually like I'm not actually sure. Let's have a quick look. But um, he's a, a third round pick, sixty nine. Wow. Um, and yeah, I don't know about you, but I, I really like the look of him. I think he's going to potentially be causing us headaches um, for years to come. As much as it pains me to say that, like I, I don't want to, but he looks a good player, and I, I think he is a player we've got to watch out for because. I feel like the last two weeks there have been a few miscommunications in the back, well, amongst DBs mainly, um, and it cost us against the 49ers. Um, obviously, it didn't cost us against the Titans, but it still happened. It seemed to ha- happen a little bit, and this guy seems to really thrive off of that. Um, he seems to... Uh, I. I it happened in the game against them, I believe, uh, early this year as well. Um, so I think he's a player we've really got to watch. Um, and if we can take him out of the game, I think we improve our odds drastically. Um, in regards to us scoring, I think it is going to be mainly a pass offence because I believe the Texans are actually one of the best teams. Um, well, they're not kind of up at our level of stopping the run. But they are still up there in regards to limiting um, teams teams to rushing. Um, the average yards per game um, that the Texans are allowing is 96.5. So keeping teams under 100 yards. So that's something we need to be aware of. Um, and if we can get ETN going, great. But if not, we're going to have to rely on the passing, uh, passing game because that's where they are the most susceptible to giving up yards. 
uh, also ranking as one of the down kind of with us, not as far as us, <laughs> um, averaging about 241 yards a game, whereas we average normally now up 254. Um, so, but I, so I think it could be a shootout um, with the ball in the air a fair bit. Um, but who wins the shootout? I, I think we do. I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think the. The game that they beat us earlier in the year wasn't an accurate depiction of us. There were numerous things, like freak things, that went wrong that just won't happen again. Like the, for example, like the, the kick return with the fullback, like I don't like that doesn't happen ninety nine times out of a hundred. Well, probably even more than that to be honest. It it is such a freak play and. I feel like I can't remember off the top of my head, but I feel like there were other other moments like that in the game that just didn't go our way, and that's not going to happen. It's it's going to be a lot closer. I think we do show our experience now. I think the Titans game really kind of let our offense see what they're capable of, and hopefully we'll give them a, a bunch of confidence. And obviously, CJ Stroud isn't coming off his best game either. Um, and obviously after his long, long stint of not throwing any interceptions, um, they do seem to be, as you'd expect with a, a rookie, this isn't me kind of slating the guy, but they do seem to be coming a bit more kind of thick and fast now. We, he's now reached five interceptions. So, um, yeah, I think I think the turnovers will be there to be had, especially if we kind Still of play on his... interception less than Trevor Lawrence. No, I, yeah, no, absolutely, but I just feel like he's been on a bit of a run with giving the giving the ball up a bit. Um, yeah, there's more film on him, obviously now. Um, so obviously the opposition kind of defenses can kind of see kind of how he plays and kind of what his reads are, who his kind of guys, his kind of go-to guy is. So I do get that. Yeah, interceptions do start to come in. Obviously, as your confidence starts to grow, um, I suppose so. Does a piece of your I don't know, naivety maybe, is that the right word? I don't know. Um, yeah, I think, probably thinking, I think you yeah, can. I can do this, I can do this, and then you completely miss that that kind of safety that's been hawking at the back who kind of comes out of nowhere and gets that interception or whatever. And I think if anyone is capable of doing it, I think someone like Mike Colwell or, or Doug, uh, obviously as well, um, they'll be quite aware of trying to kind of throw off a rookie QB because I think it is easier to throw off a rookie QB um, than someone that's been in the league a few years, so no, I, I think we have the edge still. Um, and like I say, I think the other game was a fluke, and I think this time we we put it to one and one, and we show them why why we still run the south. Yeah, well, he has twenty two sacks this season, so I think yeah, it's vitally important our D line kind of get up on him and get up on him early um, to allow these kind of um, mistakes to happen. Because at the moment, if I look at it stat by stat, um, and I am up next to kind of Trevor Lawrence, um, his He's hammering the stats a lot more than, obviously, what Trevor Lawrence has got this season. Um, 2,962 passing yards, averaging 296 a game, um, which is an incredible figure, really. Um, and as we mentioned from a rookie, um, someone who we probably never even thought we was going to be talking about at the beginning of the season. I remember 10 weeks ago, everyone was laughing and saying how much of a bad position the Texans were in and they were going to finish rock bottom in the division. And now look how... Um, things have changed and kind of how they've turned things around. And obviously, the the connection between this quarterback and um, and Tank Dell 
um, seems to be just ever growing um, each week and has kind of just allowed them to kind of excel um, this season, really. So this is definitely a must-win game for us. Um, and I don't think we can kind of let anything slip or anything sleep. So let me run you through um, the kind of bookie lines so you can give me your two predictions. Um, I've got the two predictions from Robson's, which I'll um, call out in a moment. But let me give you the lines um, just very quickly. Um, so we'll start with um, CJ Stroud because we do like to pick up on the other team's um, quarterbacks. They're predicting him 267.5 yards plus this week and um, that's kind of the mark, the benchmark with 21.5 pass completions compare that to trevor lawrence they're only predicting trevor lawrence at the 243.5 mark with 22.5 um pass completions um then we'll look at um reception so christian kirk um is at the benchmark of 63.5 with 5.5 receptions Engram, 45.5 with 4.5 receptions. Zay Jones, 30.5 receptions. Um, yeah, no, 40, um, 30.5 um, receiving yards um, versus 3.5 receptions. Ridley, 3.5 receptions with 54.5 yards. And then on the rushing game, um, ETN at 67.5 yards with 17.5 attempts. So, bearing all that in mind and the research you've kind of done yourself, what do you want to predict this week, Brit Jag? I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence over 243. Okay. Uh, passing yards. Um, I think, like I said, I think it's going to be a shootout. And I think, yeah, I think now, the, especially the O-line can step up a little bit more. Um, and Zay continues to, I know he's just it is questionable currently, but he, he played the full game and I don't see why he wouldn't play again. Um, I think the offense could really go off again here. So yeah, Trevor Lawrence over 243. Um, and just because I know it will make your head explode, um, Evan Engram to score a touchdown. <laughs> okay, cool. Any reason behind that one? Um, I feel like he's due a big game. He's had quite a few quiet games. Um, and also, I feel like Trevor's are kind, of, kind of aware that he hasn't scored yet because the just before the fourth touchdown, on the drive where we scored the fourth touchdown, I felt like he was forcing the ball in Engram's direction a little bit uh, once, the, once the kind of pressure was off. So um, I'm not saying he'll do it while the game's on the line, but if we do pull clear, he may start to favour Engram a little bit and see if he can... Uh-huh get him in the end zone okay um, I'll give you Robson's predictions um, Robson is predicting Stroud um, under 280 yards under 280 yards this week um, and Jags O-line to let up zero sacks this week yeah see if, um, if, we, if we let zero sacks then we're 100% winning and I'm, get, I'm hitting my over 243 easy so. <laughs> he is obviously he's in love with what he saw the Jags do last week against the Titans, um, and he's got he's got some love for that O line um, this week. He predicted that there's going to be no sacks at all, so um, that's a big one there to to go for that one. Um, for me, 
I think that this, um, I think the Jaguars cover the favourite position. So I think Jaguars do cover the spread and do win the game um, by 1.5 points or more, um, which I don't do very often. So um, it's risky business. So, yeah, Jags win the game by one point and cover the spread. Um, but then I'm also then going to go for um, Calvin Ridley to have over 3.5 receptions, which is what he's predicted at the moment, and the 3.5 mark. So um, I'm going to predict Ridley over 3.5 receptions this week um, as my prediction, um, which again, I'm a bit nervous about them now. Obviously, the last kind of few weeks, I've not been too bothered because obviously I've been well ahead. But now I'm a little bit nervous and obviously... You sit back and you start thinking about the games in, in just in just a weird a different light. So last week when I was predicting obviously for for the Titans game, like you sit there and you map out in your head like how the game's going to fare and how the game's going to play out, and then it just doesn't happen in reality. I think that's evident with kind of our predictions and obviously scores each week, and that's why we kind of hit that on the head and we don't do score predictions anymore. Um, but it's just so hard to tell, especially with our offense, of kind of how the game's going to pan out because. Let's be honest, if, if the Texans come out and score two touchdowns on their first two drives, the run game is completely over for us, really. Um, so it, it's so it's so hard to predict this. And obviously, we do only do this as kind of a bit of fun, a uh, bit of banter. And yeah, we do we do have a little bit of a, a dabble on a couple of the betting sites. But uh, we're not telling anybody to do it religiously. But kind of that's kind of our take on it. And hopefully, we'll put a little bit of a reasoning behind um, kind of what we're saying as well. It's not just kind of a, a stab in the dark. So... Um, yeah, that, that's kind of it with the predictions with me this week. Um, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good game. Obviously, I've now predicted, I've put it on the line and said the Jags are going to win. Um, obviously, I know you're going to say the Jags are going to win, but let's hear it from your mouth. How do you think the Jags are going to do this week? Jags by 500. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I, I, I do think this is, I think this is potentially going to be a statement win. Um, well, we, we kind of look back last year and we look at the kind of the Cowboy game um and the Ravens game that we remember as like really really like kind of turning points of our season. I, I think the Titans obviously is the turning point, but I think this is the game that we like really start to put the league on notice as as we kind of approach the the kind of closing stretch of the the NFL season. I think this is the kind of game because they've been going nuts over the Texans. Everyone's going nuts over CJ Stroud and the Texans. If we can really just absolutely blow them out here. I, I I think it would be massive for us, and I, and I think I think we're due a game like that because again, okay, we had it against the Titans, but it's only the Titans, and that's that's all the league will see. They they won't see that as anything special. They'll just see us beating a team that we should have comfortably be been beaten anyway. Whereas this this game, obviously, as you say we're only one one and a half point favourites. It's very close. Um, and I think yeah, it'd be good, and we can really kind of. Because if we win this, we pull two games clear, and with the running we've got now, especially with the injuries that have, have come into play, I think I think the league's pretty much wrapped up. Uh, sorry, the, the, well, the AFC South anyway, because um, I don't see us dropping many other games. Um, still tough. I, yeah, it's still tough. It's, it's always going to be tough. I mean, it's the NFL at the end of the day, and to be honest, I can't get over the fact that we're only two games away from back-to-back winning seasons like and for me that's 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 insane like after years and years of having the Jags be the Jags like there was, I'd say last week 
we were uh, last week we were only three games off of a winning season and we're only at the only just come off the bye and fans are losing their minds because we lost a game to one of the best teams in the league <clears throat> which I predicted <laughs> you, you didn't predict that one no, I haven't I had a chance to talk to you about that and say I predicted that <laughs> you don't get any points for that though so no I know uh, <clears throat> um, yeah it's just the position we're in now like is is a great position to be in. We've really we're having a great year. <laughs> like there isn't like, we've lost three games all year. I mean, there's been game there's been well we've watched Jag seasons where we've won less than that in a whole year. So to have like to be in the position we're in is is mad and I just don't think all these prime times. Yeah, no, you know, we could do without the, the Monday night games. And I know it's great for the, the US fans and and obviously the coverage, to get the national coverage, because it, it's nice to see that. But, yeah, it's a real... I feel yeah. more... I mean, um, I feel bad for the people that do have um, DAZN description and subscriptions and don't have Sky Sports, because I don't think we've actually ever been on TV this much um, in a single season before. Um, which obviously turns them into obviously blackout games on the zone, and we're not allowed. They're not allowed to be played on there, and people have got to find alternative ways to watch the game, haven't they? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure how you check it, but I, I don't even think we were on this much in 2017. No, no, because it wasn't um, just to be this good. It was, like the backstretch, yeah. obviously. Yeah, like all the playoff games, and obviously that was obviously on Sky Sports. But, but obviously, playoff games aren't blacked out. So yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel sorry for the people with all the designed um, subscriptions that are paid, what, 150 quid for the season? And yeah. This must be what the Chiefs fans feel like, like when they're always complaining on the, the Facebook pages about how they don't, like, they pay for, like, they used to pay for Game Pass and they're barely using it because Chiefs are always on Sky Sports. It's, yeah. Yeah, and obviously it's not, it's not something we've been used to. No, no one else has ever wanted to watch the Jags, so... No, exactly, exactly. So um, that obviously just leads to say, yeah, the Jags are on TV again this week, Sky Sports. Um, so apologies to anybody with a zone subscription, um, because it's going to be on Sky Sports, um, which is good, great exposure for us. And this is a tight game. This is going to be a really entertaining game. One question I've got to ask you, Brit Jag: Does the win if the if this really is a shootout? Does the winner of this game hold the crown as the best quarterback in the league? Well, not in the league, sorry, in the AFC South? I think so. I, I still think... Oh, OK. I, you, I think... You do think so? I, I think I think Stroud's still got away. Don't worry, he, he's, he's having a great year. There's no... There's no well, take Stroud away currently from that. is the best quarterback in the AFC South, right? No. Not a Of course he is. Which, which... You know, our team's got a better... We've got more wins. Right. But CJ Stroud's a better quarterback. But he hasn't led his team to as many wins. <laughs> And at the end of the day, what what really counts in the NFL? I thought it was going to get you there. I thought it was going to get you there to say CJ Stroud. Um, okay. Are you, are you, what are you on about? How, how am I going to say CJ Stroud? No, like, his stats are great, but as we mentioned, stats aren't everything. Like, there's there's been games when we ETN's been getting loads of yards, or like we've we've got a really strong run game, and we've had a really strong run game. Okay, it hasn't been as prevalent in the last two weeks, but We've, and, and that's not the same with the Texans. They don't rely on the run game as much. So it allows their QB to get more stats through the air, like get more yards, get more passing touchdowns. No, that's um, not right. You can't back that up. I can't back that up. You can, that's not backed up. 
I'm looking at the stats now and there's only 100 yards in it. Through 10 games, there's only 100 yards in that in the running game. Texans running game this season, they have... Texans, Texans Tex- leading touchdown scorer from Russia in the score two. I'm not talking... No, I'm talking yardage. So yardage per game. Okay, but then but then touchdowns. Six rushing touchdowns I've got this year. Yeah, and well, are, as a total. Yeah, ETN's got more than that on his own. Right. But receivers, they've got nineteen more touchdowns than us. Yeah, so because he's passing it more because their run game is a better thrower. No, not a chance. <laughs> I'm not getting. I'm not getting into the argument. I just obviously just wanted to point out. So you say. We're, we're better with obviously the, the run game, and that's eliminated him throwing the ball. But so rushing this season, 1,087 yards for the Jaguars compared to 995 yards for the Texans. So there's only 80, 90 yards in it. But yeah. you, you've said it on the podcast, mate. If I mean, I don't want the Texans to win, but if the Texans win this week, you're going to have to crown CJ Stroud as the best quarterback in the OC South. Uh, it was if it was a shootout. If it was a shootout, okay. <laughs> yeah. I can't well, wait. I'm still there, mate. I'm excited either uh, way. I'm uh, excited either way, mate. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, 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 I refuse to admit it. I'm not seeing it. Mate, I've got it in the podcast. I can clip that bit. I know exactly what time it was. Re- what your time you said it. So I'll uh, I, all I, I'd, I'd tread very carefully if I was you. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. Right, that concludes <laughs> this week's podcast. Um, thank you all very much for listening in. Um, hope it's been insightful. This has been a bit longer and hopefully a bit better than last week's podcast because it was painful me just recording it, let alone you guys having to potentially listen to it. And yes, you did still listen to it because the numbers weren't down. So thank you all very much for still staying committed and staying involved in it. Um, I'm going to say goodbye for myself and the Jags across the pond side of things. Um, Brick Jag, close out with whatever you want to say. So yeah, it's at my my pages are at Brit Jag on Facebook and Twitter. Um, we are due to rename the page. I don't think we've done it yet. No, I just I forgot about it. Um, I've got the logo. It's there. <laughs> yeah, it's all it is all going to be done. Uh, definitely done by the weekend, I imagine. Um, so is it, what's the official name? The Blighty Jags. Blighty Jags, yeah. Blighty Jags. So check that out. It's it's a kind of hub for UK Jags fans. It's just um, a group. Just a, a group. 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 Yeah. Um, yes, yeah. yeah, so there's like there's a lot of stuff going on. There's uh, James had a few really cool razzes lit recently. Um, people selling things. People talking about their like trips to Jacksonville. Just talking about the Jags in general. Uh, sharing pictures of merch, all like, their own stuff. Um, so yeah, get in there because and obviously it's not just UK Jags. Like, anyone's welcome, um, but it's kind of just a, a, a UK centric uh, view of the Jags, I suppose. Um, so yeah, get in there and check that out. Um, yeah, obviously if you if you're following the podcast, check out both of our podcasts because even though we release them individually, we're still linked. Mine's under Brit Jag, obviously Jags Across the Pond. Check them both out. Download them both, even if you're only going to listen to one or the other. Just if you could, it'd be greatly appreciated. Um, and ideally, if you could leave us reviews. Um, preferably five star ones, but I know I know Jamie's on the podcast, so that might be a bit of an ask. But um, I but don't yeah. care. If they're shit reviews. If you leave a nice, funny comment, I'll take that. No, actually, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Spotify won't like that. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but yeah, no, we really appreciate it. And like I say, it seems to, to be honest, since this season really does seem to be, kind of, things seem to be progressing. We seem to be getting more listens, more interaction. Uh, the group seems to be busier and it, it's nice to see because, um, it's nice to see if it, it feels, it really does feel like the Jags are really starting to get a, a foothold in, in the UK, um, after years and years of trying. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's making it feel like this is, this is all worthwhile. Absolutely. Right. Take care, everybody. Bye. Let's go Jaguars. Let's go Jaguars. Let's go Jaguars. Let's go.